Hello, and welcome to Sex Lives, New York Magazine's podcast about sex. I'm Maureen O'Connor, and we are joined this week by the writer Jada Yuan. Hello, Jada. Hey, what's up? I'm so happy to have you here. Jada is a prolific writer for New York Magazine and New York's culture section, Vulture. And we're office buds. And we're office buds. (laughs) And I can't believe it's taken this long to get you on the podcast. Today, we're actually talking about a grand dating experiment that Jada recently did for Cosmopolitan. Jada, tell us about this article. Yeah, so I did an article for Cosmo.com where they sent me around to six different cities in the United States to see how people are dating in the age of Tinder and Bumble and just... And see if you can find love there. See if I could find love, looking for love. And and it was really about dating and not hookup culture, per se. And so I started off in New Bern, North Carolina, which is a small town in eastern North Carolina, went to Miami, Florida... Then Austin, Texas, took a little break, came back to New York, did Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is a growing small city, Detroit, fucking loved it, um, and Los Angeles. So tell me about how it came together. Like, how did these six particular cities come up? How long did you spend in each one? Did you do it back to back? So a little overview. (laughs) Yes. It was not my idea. It was Uh Cosmo's idea. It was one of those things where... I got an email from an editor that I didn't know, but I know some people at Cosmos. So Uh I was like, oh, I'll look at this. And she asked me if I wanted to do this thing where I would go to six different cities around the U.S. It was one of those things where I was like, yeah, I should I should just say yes. And then I I kind of blew her off for a really long time (laughs) as I tried to figure out, you know, if I wanted to go that direction. I've never written about my personal life in this sort of strong extent. I don't even like talk about this stuff with my mom. So <laughs> it was it was a little I, I was having a lot of feelings. I had to talk to my therapist a lot about it. I had to really think strongly about how I would approach it. I love that this is like <laughs> actually a microcosm for dating that you're like, how do I feel? I can't quite decide. I'm going to ghost a little bit. Maybe I'll come back. But... I know I fully ghosted my editor. I'm sorry, Emma. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think originally I, I thought I was going to do like just six different weekends yeah, and go out. And that didn't quite work. I ended up doing three in a row and then a long stretch back in New York and then another three. Oh, my God. And <laughs> how, how long do you like, spend in each place? Oh, my God. Uh, like, like 48 hours. Um, some places, Detroit and L.A., I sp- Detroit I spent a little over 48 hours. Uh-huh. And then L.A. I spent a week. You were truly like a rock star going on tour. You were on your like rock star dating tour of America. <laughs> my, my like tindering of America tour. It was it was insane. It was sleep deprived. I didn't pick any of the places we went. They were mm-hmm. based sort of on on Cosmo did some demographic studies of where mm-hmm. their readers are and sort of where their readers were interested. They wanted a mix of populations of red states and blue states. Uh and and it also had to do with um, JetBlue paid for some of the flights, so <laughs> so it had to be where JetBlue flies. There are some truly harrowing scenes of you like tindering on airplanes and like hitting the ground, and someone's like, "I'll pick you up from the airport for a date." I laughed out loud so many times reading this; it was just so bonkers. Oh my god! Yeah, that, that was in Austin. I was going from Miami, which is the worst place to date in the world, and and tindering on the plane. Uh, going to Austin. And, you know, one thing I will say about JetBlue, they do not fly everywhere you want them to fly, but <laughs> they do have free Wi-Fi <laughs> that's on board. So you can definitely Tinder while you're in the air. And, um, <laughs> and the Wait, sky- wouldn't you be like geolocating to random 
places in the middle? Or were you you Tinder passport? I Tinder, yeah, I did. I did whatever it's called, Tinder That's Plus. The paid Tinder, <laughs> Tinder Plus, where you're allowed to choose where you want. Oh, I'd really thoroughly mapped out strategy before I yes. went because I was so I was so terrified uh-huh. of the whole thing. It's so out of my comfort zone. I mean, I don't even really like online dating in New York. I, yeah, <laughs> you know, if like someone's in my neighborhood and they want to meet up, I'm like, I'm like, now they'll know where my neighborhood is. <laughs> it's so, so like I don't let guys walk me home on the first date. Like, there's just like a lot. You're so of... private. This must have been a terrorizing experience for you. <laughs> I mean, but I, it sort of felt like throw yourself into the fire because I just didn't. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm 38. I'm single. Like. Mm-hmm. Something has to change at some point if I don't want to be single. So, uh, and I, I sort of vacillate on that back yeah. and forth. But uh, yeah, it just something had to change. So let's talk about these cities. <laughs> New Bern was the first place I went. New Bern, North Carolina, which is a small town. Um, it's in eastern North Carolina, about two hours from Raleigh and mm-hmm. like an hour from the coast. The only reason they picked it is because Nicholas Sparks set the notebook there. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was wondering what they, New they, Bird's they, deal was. They're like, we need a small town. And I, I mean, and I kind of, it was kind of delightful. It is so cute. I would yeah. go back there. Yeah. I, I would absolutely go back there in a second. I would <gasps> go on a girl's trip. It's super cute. The people are really nice. Is it a little town? I forget what the population is. Maybe like 20,000. It's got a small historic downtown. Got it. Um, you know, it's like a little bit like New Orleans, and then it's got like haunted houses everywhere. Got it. They okay. moved all the old houses. They literally like picked them up and moved them to the historic downtown. <laughs> like they co- they concentrated <laughs> them all in one place, and you take a little trolley tour around. You okay. Can, you can like ride on a pontoon and wave at Nicholas Sparks if he's out in his yard. <laughs> That's where he actually lives. He actually lives there. Okay, so you can live out all of your quaint fantasies <laughs> in, in New Bern. That yeah. sounds like a good place to fall in love. Yeah. I went out on the town, and everyone was super friendly. They took me around, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to this bar in a haunted mansion, and Ooh. I know it was it's it's a it's a crappy dive bar in like the basement of Haunted Ooh, Mansion. I they, love this. Yeah, but they say ghosts will like spill drinks. Oh and my god! Stuff. <laughs> what if you had fallen in love with a ghost? <laughs> I would have loved it. That I definitely. This is every romantic comedy. I think you definitely have, ghost. <laughs> you definitely have to move right because um, oh yeah, because the ghosts can't really leave wherever they're haunting. Can they or can they just fly everywhere? No, no, no. Ghosts, you're like you're oh, tethered to a space, in the spot. Yeah, you like unless you know vengeance happens, and then they, then they disappear off into the ether, and they go. Oh no, you, that's terrible because you have a vested interest when you fall in love with your ghost that's haunting the space <laughs> in like never letting them reach their like self actualization because then they'll fly <laughs> off into the ether. They'll go right, to heaven. I don't right. know. You, you can't let them. You you have a vested interest. But if you love something, set it free, Maureen. Oh my gosh, <laughs> ghost love! It just can't. It can't. It. Can't. <laughs> Yeah. So hard. Yeah. So that was actually where I met the Trump supporter. Okay. Yes. Um, I just surprised myself a lot with that in that I think I'm of the mind that I would just automatically swipe left on on a Trump guy. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was in yeah. your profile. And I would definitely be like, yeah, that's a deal breaker. I don't think I would do it. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking to someone and you're just sort of connecting. That is the magic of A, meeting people in person, but B, also I think the nature of this entire project of just sort of trying something you don't usually try being yeah. picking dudes up at a ghost bar in Newburn or Well and and I think it 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 gave me a little lesson that I that I'm trying to carry forward now, mm-hmm. which is is just you know, maybe I am pretty judgmental and that's Or the things that you judge someone on 
before you meet them versus once you meet them can be really different. The things that yeah. you things you think are going to make you not like somebody aren't always actually true. So after the flirtation with the Trump guy at the ghost bar, all that yeah. new burn, you ended up sort of did you dare you did you feel like there were like real like romantic connections in Newburn? You're kind of like, okay, saw this scene moving along. The Trump guy did not keep in touch with me, and I was <sighs> I, I was surprised that I was uh, miffed about it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I really like. I liked him. Yeah. So then Miami was after that, and then from Miami I went to Austin. Miami was probably the most like traumatizing for you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Miami was definitely the most traumatizing. You know. I got there. Um, I was sort of already flustered. It was, you know, yeah. I didn't have a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know where I was going. I went out on South Beach and just everywhere I went, it was just like really gross dudes gyrating up against me. And, and um, South and Beach it, is so intense. It's so intense. And I, and I love it there, <laughs> obviously, because I'm a sick human who loves crazy shit like that. You but fuck you. It <laughs> is. Sucks. I mean, it's just more more fake tits for capita than I've seen anywhere else in the world. <laughs> yeah. But but more are you comfortable you know I mean? with like very little clothing in public? Because I like that is not my comfort zone. I think and for me, it's that being in a place like that is actually more anthropological. I haven't tried to pick up dudes in South Beach, <laughs> for instance. Yeah, I mean, you definitely. <laughs> it's just the atmosphere that I enjoy. But I mean, I tell the story in the article, but like I was bar hopping. I went to a bunch of different bars and every time I took an Uber pool, I met like nice people and I was yeah. like, oh, Miami, you have good people here. <laughs> and then every time I went to a club, I was like, oh my God, this place The is- pickup culture was <laughs> what was, I think, per- perhaps alarming or the kind of like club culture. But it, no, it, but it was a predatory culture. Mm. It was really, I, I felt really uneasy as a woman Yeah, um, in a way that like I I didn't even feel as uneasy as a woman when I went to Kabul, Afghanistan. And really? like, yeah, it's, and you're very aware of being a woman there, but like mm-hmm. I just felt like like eyes trained on me like and and there wasn't any boundaries. Like yeah. guys were just, you know, you like yeah. you have to like put on all the brakes in Miami, like all like every Every, like, roadblock, you, like, throw something against the door. You're, like, putting the dresser up there. <laughs> like, you just kind of be like, yo, hold up, dudes. That was sort of where I realized how weird this experiment, <laughs> I mean, it, or experience, whatever it is. It's because, you know, normally if you're going to go out mm-hmm. um, to clubs or whatever, you've got a wing woman. Yeah. And I was by myself. And you also just straight up don't know. I don't know anyone. How do people get around here? <laughs> is Do I need a car? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really. I, and and you know, and at the end, um, I met uh, like these two servers um, mm. from a restaurant who took me around and were just totally awesome. And I'm still in touch with them. And I yeah. like they're great people. So I, I mean, it's not like Miami's full of terrible people. And I got a whole bunch of messages on online dating stuff afterwards mm-hmm. from guys mm. who seemed cool. Yeah. So Miami was intense. It yeah. sounds like you got the sort of aggressive sexual culture there and perhaps not as many of the nice guys who you started hearing from. You get on the plane, you start setting updates on the airplane for when you land in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone in Austin has a great Tinder profile. Like people are super clever. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. And I was just there for South by Southwest. And I was like, yeah, no, everyone is trying to be super interesting. And that's Something that I don't actually really love about the city, I, I find it really hard to... It can be exhausting, but I imagine it's always an icebreaker. 
It's definitely everyone's interesting. I just don't know if they're all people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, are you a person or are you a brand? Yeah, I have this thought sometimes. Yeah, or yeah, are you like are you like a bunch of hair, or <laughs> are you someone that I can have a conversation with? And I and I literally like years ago, um, in Austin, like went to a party and like was really connecting with this guy, and he handed me his card, and he was a Mexican wrestler. He was a white dude who was a Mexican wrestler. <laughs> like I, a lucha libre? Yeah. He was a luchador? Yeah. Ooh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, this, this, there t- this fucking in, town. In Austin? <laughs> or does he like go to Mexico to fight? No, no. He Maybe he just wears the costume around town. I don't know. <laughs> he like randomly challenges people. I didn't really go any further with that. Uh, <laughs> well, the biggest thing I learned from your Austin leg was how transportation is like the most important thing when dating and the terrors of being trapped in a place that doesn't have a lot of public transport. Uber and Lyft were what, driven out of town? Yeah, basically. There are mm-hmm. like three replacement rideshare options uh, in Austin now and taxis, which are super expensive. Uber and Lyft are driven out of town. Um, the city wanted them to institute regulations for fingerprinting their drivers. And oh. and Uber and Lyft played the hardball and they were like, we're not going to do that. And the town was like, all right. Well, it's the law, so yeah, you got to go. <laughs> Which, like, support them and their whatever they want to do in Austin. And yet, when dating, the inability to escape gracefully is so hard. <laughs> I know. I was, like, I was talking to these women, and they were telling me these horror stories of just, like, bad dates. You didn't drive. Like, the guy drove you. Uh-huh. And then you're stuck at some music festival for, oh like, God. four hours with some guy. This or the biggest nightmare I can imagine. <laughs> or you maybe go on a date and you drink a little too much. Like Austin, Austin has a really strong drinking culture. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone I met was drunk at South by Southwest. And they were, like, all yeah. the locals. Yeah, so you get a, you get a little drunk and you want to leave your bad date, but you're too drunk to drive and you can't call a car and you can't walk home because it's too far. And so, yeah, there was this, there was this comedian, Katie, who I met, who just hid in a Whataburger for (laughs) just like Good thing the food there is so good. Maybe this explains. I mean, (laughs) go there for the tacos. The tacos are great. And, you know, and uh, the people are really nice. Yeah. There are lots of really nice, friendly people. Um, yeah, it's it sounded like it's hard to date as an ethnic woman, mm. um, just because uh, the black population is, is shrinking. Um, yeah. It's a lot of white tech dudes who are coming in, um, mm-hmm. and so your options are somewhat limited. You know, I met a great guy there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he has some stuff from his past he needs to work out. Oh my god, that was the most harrowing thing I've ever fucking read regarding. You were texting with him and then his ex-girlfriend called you? No, I was with so I was with him. Uh-huh. And um and we were having a great time so I didn't look at my phone for a little while yeah. and then I pulled up my phone and I had a number I didn't recognize and it said are you with blank his, his name. name. And um I was like, "Do you do you know this number?" And and he got this look on his face. He's like, "Yeah, I do." Um and you know, he, he and I believe him, he he had an ex that he was living with in his previous city mm-hmm. um, and they'd had sort of like a really weird breakup. Um, one of those like prolonged ones where you're still yeah. involved with each other. And yeah. and now he'd moved to Austin and they were still on a family plan and their cell phones for their cell phones. So their cell phones were connected and she was able to look at like the list of numbers he was texting 
he couldn't like she couldn't see my name and she couldn't see what we were texting, but she could see that he had been like frequently texting with someone. This is <laughs> and then I was like, okay. So I blocked that number. And then... Oh, my God. And then um, further on the date, I got another call from another number in that same old city. Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, I think she probably had a friend call you to listen to your voicemail. <laughs> to see that you were like a woman. Or I was like, did she want me to pick up? I... um surprised myself in that I did not like end the date <laughs> I was like just, I was so- actually more turned on by it because because <laughs> he was he you know he's he's cute but he he didn't strike me as edgy right and <laughs> the fact that he had this jealous girlfriend made me be like oh Oh. I know that you're like. You guys like you, you. must have something that I am not seeing right lines now. Follow you. <laughs> We're sick people. <laughs> so I mean, I I was so like ashamed of myself, but um, but you know, and he did turn out to have like a little more edge than I thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I have never heard of that level of first date jealousy freak out <laughs> on that level that she must be monitoring by the minute yeah and who who knows i mean you know we probably texted like 15 times so she was like what is this yeah uh, but but i mean do you ever look at a list of numbers you've texted i, I didn't do- even know you could do that and i actually tried to like look at it on my at&t that i was like can i do that i'm not on a family plan but i was like can i even see mine except then i couldn't remember the password to get into my like <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. Then I had New York and in between, Uh you know, I tried to go on a couple Tinder dates and I just I sort of realized I felt so much less confident in New York and so much. Yeah, that that I was, you know, I'd been like I'd been I'd felt so good when I was doing this dating tour because, you know, I was achieving the impossible. Like, like, first Mm -hmm. of all, like when I first started swiping in Uber and I was like, I'm going to get murdered. This (laughs) is just I literally strange city, ghosts everywhere. Well, and all the guys had like rural pictures of like themselves with guns, you know, and I was just like, this is this is terrible. But I just kept having really good luck. Yeah. Um, And, you know, besides Miami, I mean, even in Miami, I was getting like a hit rate at like a Mm -hmm. rate that I never get in, in New York. Um, and yeah. And so I came, so I came back to New York and, um, you know, I went on, on a date and the guy lived in my neighborhood and then he just sort of disappeared. And, Mm -hmm. and I realized sort of what, a ego blue that was, it was so hard for me to deal with it because, because I was like, you just live right around here. Why can't we see each other? And, and I was more in the power position when I was traveling because I was the one who was able to leave. Yeah. You know, and just like leaving a trail of broken hearts. And I, I feel much <laughs> happier in that position. I'm such a like. I'm well, a- there's also a way in which moving yourself sort of when you're like, oh, this isn't my quote unquote real life, that you're able to be sort of free in a different way. Like, it's no coincidence, I think, the number of people that have sort of like eat, pray, love moments while they're <laughs> like traveling or that there's sort of freedom that's different than when you're in your sort of established, like surrounded by my own apartment and life and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're in your, your own environment, I'm, I'm like, this guy lives three blocks away. Why can't, you know, why can't this happen? Or, you know, I'm going to run into him. 
And I did. I ran oh into him God. the next day at a farmer's market. And I was just like, You're like I'm was, sorry. I, I have to go back to a, dating people who live in different states. Yeah. And he was like with another woman. And I was like, oh, God. This is oh. just. Yeah. Did you I say just, hello? No. I like put my. <laughs> like I did the total like. Cover your face. Hide my face. <laughs> That's such a fight or flight moment, too, of what you do. And I have been known to literally like turn and run <laughs> now and then that's when i'm like okay state of nature i'm i'm a flight got it yeah so i had the, like the stint in new york where i was like oh my god maybe i need to do this dating tour of america in order to like feel like a woman and, like be out there and like actually find love. like maybe this is my path um yeah. and new york sucks so then you know a little while later i wound up on this second trip yeah it started with sioux falls south dakota we wanted to go to a place where there were Many more men than women. So we'd put it out in APB in each city, Cosmo, mm-hmm. on their Twitter feed and was like, if you wanted me with our writer, yeah. let us know. So so I so in every city I except for the first two, New Bern and Miami, when we didn't get our shit together until Austin. But <laughs> and Austin ladies are awesome. Mm-hmm. I, like they were so badass and like self starting. So I had this I met up with a couple of Cosmo readers in Sioux Falls. One was twenty two and one was twenty seven and they were both just talking about how they felt like old ladies and they needed to get married already. Yeah, yeah, Sioux Falls. This one, Justine, she just kept being like the ripe old age of 27. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I met up with some other women who were in their late 30s. They'd gone away, gotten educations, mm-hmm. um, were super smart and like awesome women. And they're like, well, we really can only date divorce guys. And then... When we get through those guys, because there's like two of them, uh, oh we have to expand our, our distance range. And when you expand your distance range from Sioux Falls, you just get farms. Like you literally, they're like, everyone I met had gone on a date with a dairy farmer. And there was a lot of weird kinky sex stuff with the dairy Ooh. farmers. But Ooh. I don't really, I did not get a lot of details. It just <laughs> sounded like there was some like wife swapping things that were happening out there. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. When I do my tour of America, I'll get down to that. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> really should. find there's, out. There's a bunch. There's a swingers scene in, in New Bern. Um, <laughs> oh. But yeah, so Sioux Falls, I was surprised that I was able to get a date. But the guy you dated also was great, it sounded like. Yeah, he was great. I don't know whether there was enough chemistry there, but yeah. he was cute and he was really smart. And we had a really fun time. And then after that, after Sioux Falls, I went to Detroit. That one sounded fun. Yes. Um, I love Detroit. Uh-huh. I would move to Detroit, not in a second. But if you fell in love, it might happen. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, Detroit felt the most, like, both like New Mexico in that it's it's weirdly... Um, like, there's a lot of pride of place. Mm-hmm. You almost feel like you're a world unto yourself. Yeah. Um, and I'm from rural New Mexico, and it, and it's like... You're very isolated and you like hate that you're isolated, but you also just like love where you live. (laughs) (laughs) And Detroit was like awesome. You know, I met a lot of really strong, independent women who reminded me a lot of the women in Austin. The dating scene seems a little segregated, but pretty diverse. Um, It also was a world where there were no dates. Yeah, I think I said like the first rule of dating in Detroit is that no one goes on dates in Detroit. But it seemed like everyone was just cool with it seemed more like Europe hmm. in that you you just spend time with people and you sleep with them and like maybe you like have a 
have a life together or maybe you don't. Yeah. You know, and and that it didn't really like it felt like the dating element seemed like some natural outgrowth of just hanging out or. Yeah. So before I left, I put out sort of an, uh, a note on Facebook mm-hmm. just saying, do you have anybody cool for me to hang out in, in Detroit? I got like 25, 30 people that were like, you ha- you should hang out with my friend. And every single one of those people was like, definitely, I want to hang out with you. Yeah. And, and so I was just sort of running around from friend date to friend date. And, you know, I definitely went to go talk to some guys who were mm-hmm. f- like brothers of friends. And I was like, it's, it's like, is there a vibe here? Like, I don't, <laughs> I was like, I'm just interviewing you. But I also like, yeah, do you, maybe. <laughs> no, that's such, um, I don't. I should think about what the term to describe that is. But that is a very specific type of dating culture that reminds me of like in Paris or this like there's certain places where people don't do the sort of like formal like let us go on a date tonight or like let's set this up and do this and that like you're doing a job interview. But that sort of outgrowth of like hanging out. Do I like you? What's happening? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's a very specific, I think, also type of person that vastly prefers that when dating and people who find it utterly obnoxious and impossible to deal with. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think that um, there's almost sort of a survivalist mentality mm. in Detroit. Um, it's a little bit like if you took all of the things about New York that are are hard to deal, you know, like the subways don't run and, and just yeah. various things. And you had to deal with that all the time. Uh-huh. And you're just like, I am just trying to like eke out a living on this land. I don't have fucking time to deal with your emotional needs. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, we can like get together and we We're can gonna have a good time. We're not going to waste time. <laughs> passive aggressively yeah we can we can be in it we can be a partnership we can be a team or or we can just you know have a beautiful night together but i don't have time to like have all your shit going on in my head also yeah (laughs) because it is just too hard to live here (laughs) i feel like i'm also getting such a tour of when i imagine like yeah the idea of looking at cities of like could i live there and like thinking about just the social world of each place yeah and detroit definitely i think was a place I, I felt I could live in. Um, I, I don't think I was really surprised by that. I kind of knew Detroit was cool. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really cool. Um, yeah. And, and I, and I had like a beautiful friend date that turned into maybe like a more, um, yeah. that was just, I, I met a guy through, through a friend of a friend mm-hmm. and she was awesome too. Yeah. And, um, and his uncle owns a juke joint. Um, you know, where they served fried chicken so in the Detroit. bar. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And it was really like way out, no no white people know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> like it was really um and it was so beautiful and fun and they played blues and we danced with grandmas and then we sort of wandered around and it um like no one hangs out on the street in Detroit. You just feel like you're at the end of the world. Um yeah. and yeah, and we had a little session of some stuff in the a- in end a car. of the world make out <laughs> in a car something. yeah i love that <laughs> the car make out is alive in detroit as one would expect from detroit i right? know you just <laughs> make it yeah. out make it that, out guy, boys that guy's name and he's totally fine with me saying it is freaky mm-hmm. jay that's oh, freaky jay <laughs> freaky jay he's got mad game he is the best person he <laughs> I love this so much. So do you go straight from Detroit to what I consider the most hellish landscape for dating, Los Angeles? 
So you think, tell me why you think Los Angeles is a hellish landscape for dating. So I'm looking at my notes now, and all I wrote next to Los Angeles, California was all caps, hell. Why did I write that? (laughs) What did I write? I wrote that they were shallow people. Flaky people that had issues and become celibate because everything's Uh, women. No, the women became celibate to deal with the flakes. Oh, my God. I, I I met four women, maybe five who had been at celibate for at least a year. There's also just too much weird discipline in L.A. There's some weird combination of, like, discipline and total flakiness that come together in a way that I don't understand. <laughs> and this is your own experience as yes. well. Yeah. This is also me trying to explain, like, Juice Cleanse World. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. <laughs> so everything's there's, celibate. There's such flighty people. And flighty then... people that with bizarre monk-like aestheticism and (laughs) celibacy and body discipline yeah everything is just opposite of my understanding like i'm i'm a massive flake about my diet (laughs) can i be a flake about that instead yeah and you know and i'm i'm a flake about time i'm definitely a flake on on new york dating apps as i've realized i'm 100 percent the reason why i'm not going on more dates in new york but i sort of felt like i was gonna have good luck in la i sort of felt like la and new york attract similar people. I know a lot of people who've moved from New York to L.A., but I've heard that most of the guys I went out with, too, are super prototypically L.A. My favorite one was like a caricature of an L.A. guy. Um, And I I kind of adored him for just who he was. Lean in. Yeah. I met him on Bumble, and he was long-haired. He had his shirt off in his picture. I was like, whatever. Yeah. Yoga body. (laughs) And he kept wanting to go out and then flaking on, like, Mm -hmm. telling me where we were going to go out. Um, And I was just, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm doing this for the article. I'm going to go out with this guy. Finally, he showed up uh, and I found out he, you know, repairs bikes in a van. Um, (laughs) He is a former BMX star with, at the time when Vine was still in existence, he was, like, building a Vine brand and a Snapchat brand of, like, jackass-style, like, comic videos i had to watch them in his car (laughs) before we did like the next thing that happened i got in his car which i can't (laughs) believe that i did then he took me to jumbo's clown room which is a burlesque club (laughs) (laughs) and we stared at naked women for a while together and just sound reasonably fun i admit it was super (laughs) it was like it was kind of hot i mean just just sort of like talking about what we liked and what we didn't like and like all this stuff like that i mean it was really it was really hot and he gave me like the best compliment that i think i've ever gotten from a guy which was what was it it was you look like one of don draper's targets Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) this tells us so much about you And I was like, yeah, I'm like one of the brunettes he goes for. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. But yeah. So he, and and he lived in like a fucking like loft with 10 other people downtown. Ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So he was thoroughly LA. And then like another guy that I met was like, you know, a 31 year old skateboarder who lived in his parents' garage and had removed his mattress so he could make more art. Like, like, how do you? You got do a this? lot of free spirits. It sounds like you, you, of, you got the full LA. But like, but you Your know, immersion LA. Yeah, but just caricatures of free yeah. spirits. I mean, I That's mean, nuts. really sweet guys, like uh-huh. super sweet. And then I had a bunch of guys who I was trying to go out with. I mean, even ones that good friends were setting me up with, who all flaked on me. 
But, but yeah. you met someone good in LA. I did meet someone Do good in LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I met, and and I think that it wouldn't have happened. I I went out to LA for seven days because mm-hmm. I I knew that I could get some work done for my real job, and um, and I just I just didn't that city. I've been to it enough times that it's like I knew I needed three days on the west side and three days on the east side and like i just needed to sort of figure out what the different cultures were there west side is whiter okay east side is was like a lot more diverse the west Um, side is like santa monica that's like santa monica venice yeah it was like a lot of like beach dudes with teslas and (laughs) you know that Mm. that sort of thing you could meet guys in yoga class to a degree that i've never met a guy in a yoga class in new york like every guy in a yoga class in new york is like this crunchy so with me. a girlfriend or or gay and like in LA they're like surfers who are just trying to like limber up and they're you know what it is <laughs> LA just is New York except healthy and that upsets me <laughs> you're this like, is why I you're just having like your LA. own reaction here I know you're like LA watching the whole time I'm, <laughs> I'm reacting so wrong to all these stories so I'm like oh I can't deal with I don't want to meet a man in yoga class yeah, I want, was... when I'm in yoga, I want to just like pretend my body I, doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> but I was like no doing way. downward dog and checking dudes out. <laughs> oh my god, there are a lot of people who I think will hear that and be like, "I'm getting me to LA." Yeah, okay. um, I'm trying to. It's on Rose. There's a place I think it's called <laughs> Yoga Collective. Maybe I know, like I would definitely go there. <laughs> um, yeah, and and East Side was a lot artsier. Where did you find the man? West Side. That was good. So I was, you know, I was going through doing my Bumble Boost thing, which, yeah. again, time saver. <laughs> so great. Um, yeah. And I clicked on a guy. We matched. I messaged him. He messaged me back. And um, I just, I, like, he, he's, his thing said that he was from, he worked in politics and he, mm-hmm. like, was a former New Yorker. And, uh, and I don't know. I just, I yeah. was like, I can connect with that. Like, yeah. Maybe um, this will be good. And, uh, yeah, and so so we met up in downtown L.A., and we mm-hmm. did sort of a walking tour of downtown L.A., and, like, we went through a maze in a bookstore. And oh, my gosh. <laughs> we went to, like, this lodge that looked like a log cabin. And, and I, like, just from the minute I met him, I, I just sort of, I was, like, I knew he was a real person. Yeah. And I was kind of getting excited with just our messaging back and forth but i was like this is a person that i can just be myself around and yeah. so you know I, I think i was like a lot more revealing on the date about sort of my own life mm-hmm. um i wasn't guarded with him and um and then i had to go on a date on the date on the east side <laughs> and he knows about the article now so yeah. i feel like okay about it but i had to, i was like i had to create some sort of false reason why i like couldn't see him again immediately and why i had to like leave the, the yeah. date um but he offered to drive me to the airport and uh and i was like no one has ever in my like dating life offered to drive me to an airport um <laughs> which tells you the quality of guys i've dated in the past well, um, no it tells you about how hard it is to get to the airport in places where you've lived yeah yeah and if someone offered to drive me to the like jfk i would actually be like are you stalking me what's wrong with you like that <laughs> is so impossible to and imagine. like and like how do you have a car in new york what's wrong with you? no like everything like do not get in the car with the man who takes you on a date in new york city and says get in or drive to jfk yeah. everything's wrong yeah. but apparently in other cities this can happen yeah i mean and i you know by this time I trusted him. Like in, in Austin yeah. I was I was running into the 
the thing of like someone offering to drive me to a first date when I'd never met him. But like this was that's when you're getting kidnapped. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But this was someone who I'd met and I like thought was pretty great. Um, And uh, and but I had a rental car. So I didn't really know what to do about this. So I was like, I phone banked for Hillary Clinton. And mm-hmm. then I had to go, I I had to like sort of figure out how I was going to let this guy drive me to the airport when I already had a car and could get to the airport on my own. And I like, and I also had to like get rid of this car. Ah. <laughs> it's like, like hiding the body before like, you, you know, so, so he actually met up with me where I was staying I f- followed his car mm-hmm. with my rental car to the rental car place. We dropped off the rental car. I got into his car and he had like on the spur of the moment because he is a kind of man who keeps like firewood and blankets and oh like God. all this stuff in his like in his car. He like took me to a beach by the airport and built us a bonfire. And oh. then we just like had this sort of like really like lovely romantic evening and then he dropped me off at the airport um this is the la i can get behind (laughs) romance on the beaches there for that i mean it was so sweet it was and it was like he thought of everything and it was and it was it was a through line through what i'd seen and in my interactions Mm -hmm. with him that he was like really considerate he like thought ahead um you know he was just a, a really great guy um and then you know then i got back to new york and i and we kept in touch and we have sort of talked about meeting up and I did meet up with him in LA mm. and it was lovely um and Ooh. you know and it's it's after he knew about the article so yeah. I it was sort of like we were starting over again yeah a little bit and so now I think we're just sort of seeing what happens with that um mm. do you think there's something about the project itself that put you in the mindset to meet people or I don't know, something about being in like an earnest mood because you honestly have to date while you're there. Like you can't flake. You have to do this. Or Yeah. It by nature removed a lot of the the reluctance I have around dating mm-hmm. because I had to do it. It also it made me realize that a lot of it's my own volition. It's my my choices that I'm that I'm making. And by the time I got to that guy in LA, I'd gone through this whole process. It'd been like mm-hmm. four or five months. And I was able to sort of like spot a good one when you see it. Yeah. It's that you had your like full momentum going. You had all your like hot girl vibes going because you've been getting your <laughs> Bumble Boost matches all over the fucking nation. Yeah, I felt so like, really good about myself. I was really confident. Good. You're making conversation with people. You've been doing it, you know, a lot. And you're also, it seems like maybe in some just state of open-mindedness that yeah. was somehow i don't know dropping whatever like stuff is weighing on you normally yeah so i'm wondering if will yeah. you read the last little it, bit here we go i didn't find the magic pill that transforms netflix and chill into horse-drawn carriage rides on this trip alas but that anvil of stagnation and defeat i was carrying around is gone because once you hear enough beautiful, smart, ambitious women around the country complain about hookup culture and the lack of decent guys and how dating apps are make us, making us all disposable, you realize that we're all in the same muck and we're very capable of getting out of it. Being single isn't a judgment against you. Yes, dating is hard. Yes, location matters. You'll run into last night's date at a diner in New Bern and that guy who'd said he'd call in L.A. never will. But when it comes to forming genuine human connections, location doesn't matter as much as you think. I've had more robust, inspiring, sing-from-the-rooftops dating experiences on this trip than I've had over the last two years. And while the change in scenery was a big part of that, I firmly believe that the most important factor was that I changed. 
I physically got off my ass, stopped moaning about men in New York, and with a kick in the pants from a writing assignment, went out and made shit happen. I'm not suggesting that you go on a whirlwind dating tour of the United States. Just figure out how to create your own reset button in your own town and accept responsibility for your dating destiny, like right now. Put up your hand and repeat after me. (laughs) I will no longer enable douchey guys. I will be my own superhero against bitch-ass behavior. I will seek out someone who treats me well, then repeat it again until you believe that it's possible and you deserve it. If I, a jaded New Yorker in her late 30s, could throw myself into the flames of really putting myself out there night after night and feel like I emerged stronger, and maybe riding a dragon, then you, young Khaleesi, I have faith in you. (laughs) <laughs> ah, it's so good. <laughs> I love this article so much. <laughs> no, because it's a tour of different attitudes and approaches to dating, different dating cultures, which were shockingly different to my mind, at least. And also just like the state of what it is to date and like really have to like look yourself in the eye and be like, what am I looking for? What am I going for? What could I? What are the possibilities? Yeah. And I, I mean, I do feel much more open about sort of I, I I feel so optimistic yeah that it's gonna happen that I will that I that I will like achieve the goal of dating which is to stop dating <laughs> <laughs> so ironic that way well if you end up with one of these people if you find yourself moving to Detroit for freaky J <laughs> freaky freaky J knows I'm not moving for him but I but we wow. yeah, so much love for freaky J <laughs> um, no you have to come back and give us updates. <laughs> <laughs> we have to know. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious. So we ask our listeners to call in. Um, and I would love to hear from people about experiences in different cities, what cities do or don't jive with what they look for. I'm also really curious what other people see as their sort of dating reset button, which is what you described, that feeling of the thing that for you, this assignment in particular brought back your sort of mojo, excitement, optimism. If other people have methods, is it, you know, having a fling on your spring break or stopping dating for a while? Like what makes you feel optimistic again or feel good again about dating? Yeah. Do you have anything you want to you want to hear from our listeners about? No, I think I, I want to know your reset button, too, because I think I need a reset button after my reset button. So <laughs> <laughs> I just think I just it, it's good. It's good. Just keep resetting, resetting, resetting. Uh, so call us to tell us about that. And if you know anybody who needs to be set up with someone in New Bern <laughs> or wherever, um, Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls. I have, some, I have some good ladies for you in Sioux Falls. So give us a call. Our voicemail line is always open. That number is 646-494-3590. So thank you so much to Jada Yuan for coming in. You can read the article at Cosmo.com. And if you, please don't yell at me on Twitter, but if you want to get in touch, I'm I'm at Jada Bird. All right. <laughs> Sex Lives is produced by Afim Shapiro and Alana Milner. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. So give us a call and we'll talk to you next week. 